Ah, just another beautiful day on Wiggins Island. The weather isn't always perfect, but it sure is peaceful. Yeah, not a soul in sight. We've got all the seashells and coconuts to ourselves. Yep. I'm going to settle in for my afternoon beach nap. Wait, do you, do you see that? Huh? What? Where? Out there in the ocean. I think I see something. Okay, hold on. Let me grab my telescope and... Oh. My. God. You're right. Scott, start the fire. We've got visitors. Welcome to episode 119 of Wolf's Cast, the only show sicker than Jeff Teague. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm still Scott. Oh, yes, and we are healthy. I'm, I'm healthy. You feeling healthy, Scott? I'm feeling healthy. All right, yeah. We're sounding healthy. Mm-hmm. Not always the case, but yes, indeed. We're doing that. On the, yeah, absolutely. The weather's changing, but we're staying healthy, and uh, Jeff Teague is on the mend as well. Dark 24 7 now. <laughs> yeah, it's dark. It's always dark. It's dark out here. That's how you know it's winter, and uh, Timberwolves are sick. Well, we. we, we we're not really sure what's going on with Jeff Teague. He's listed as an illness. We've heard conflicting reports of what might be going on. Some people say respiratory infection. And uh, John Krasinski says he has some couple stitches. For a couple stitches. A uh, procedure on a non-basketball injury, which required stitches. And they weren't going to play him until those stitches healed. Uh, which I agree with. You don't want to rip open those stitches. you know. Although apparently Paul Millsap was playing against us with the stitches under his head- headband. Oh, yeah, that's right. They said on the broadcast, so it must have been in a more sensitive area than, you know, the headband. It was a groin thing. Non-basketball stitches uh, in Jeff Teague, all I can think of is some amateur wrestling, right? Like, he's a big wrestling fan. Clearly, yeah. he was pile-driving someone, like, into a guest bed or something like that, right? Just some some tomfoolery, maybe. I don't know what to think with him, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like basketball, we don't get as many fun, like, weirdo injuries as you get in baseball. Okay. Like, uh, the Houston Astros shortstop missed a lot of time this year because he was getting a massage and the masseuse cracked a rib. Oh, it's like no. a random, random injury. And, a professional. <laughs> right, yeah. So, I, you know, uh, I, I know there's, like, knuckle push-ups is pretty weird. And what what once Derek Rose, Derek Rose yeah. was laying in bed with a knife and cut his arm. <laughs> So there, there are some funny ones here and there, but uh, yeah. just not nearly the same level of silly injuries, you know? Yeah, so maybe someday we'll get to the bottom of that one. Uh, There's just more baseball players to be injured is the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One time Matt Cain, uh, he was a pitcher for the Giants, and he uh, cut his pitching hand because he was making a PB&J sandwich in the clubhouse, and he dropped the knife, and he instinctively went to catch it, and he caught the knife right on the sharp part. Don't do that. So. Yep. Deny Don't, your instincts. We, we should just really not let the wolves have knives. You know how we have <laughs> yeah. like their nutrition taken right, care of? Right, right. We should also have like all the cutting taken care of. Like if they want their crust off, they want their sandwich in a diagonal. Uh, I think that the team should actually take care of that. Yeah, those so, things go no hand risks. in hand, no right? Risks. Like, hey, here's the food. Don't make your own. Whatever you do. Right. Don't use these. We're gonna go we're gonna like baby proof your apartment. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna come in and remove all the sharp objects. Yeah, know? those will be out of here. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. This week on the podcast, we have re- week recap. Uh, we're gonna get the full court press talk about wiggins talk about uh point guard depth maybe some memes that have happened so far this it's a wiggy year. week it's, it's a wiggy it, week it, it is a it. week we andy is dominating the conversation in town out of town national media but especially all teams everyone every site that we love that covers the timberwolves is writing or talking about andy this week to the point where i almost said neil let's buck that trend and not mention andy once this whole podcast but after that spurs game last night it's Undeniable. just it's impossible it's yeah. impossible we had yeah. to, i wrote that before the spurs game and I, I was watching the spurs game and i was like 
Andy is the story. That's He's right. the story. So, so we're yeah, going to spend some time talking about chock him. Chock full of Wiggins here in the show. Also, a Worried Not Worried, Weekly Wolfies, and of course, a game at the end of the show. So stick around throughout the whole thing. We got lots of fun stuff here. But as always, we're going to start with re- recap right now. Yes, the Wolves are 7-4 and four as of this recording. Boop, boop. Um, 16th in offense, 14th in defense, and they have the 14th best net rating in the league. So smack dab in the middle. They are... They're right in the middle as far as that stuff Which is goes. nice. Yeah. I would take the nice middle. Nice place to be. Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't anticipating <laughs> no, being no, in the no. middle yes. coming into the season. Yes, through 11 games. That's incredible. Uh, their week uh, started uh, last week on Friday. Got the win um, against Golden State, 125 to 119 in overtime. Uh, it was a big night from for uh, D'Angelo Russell. He uh, he came to play. It was uh, D'Angelo Russell's show. Um, I couldn't name any of the other Warriors players, right? Like not Jordan <laughs> Poole. Jordan Poole, a yeah, new rookie. Uh, Willie Colley Stein. Yeah, there he is. There's, There's that one. Uh, a former Wolf, Glenn Robinson the third. Oh yeah, he's in the starting lineup. And know? what I think is funny, I think his name is Damian Lee. Okay, he's Steph Curry's brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> he married Steph Curry's sister, which wow. is probably considering he's like basically a D League level talent, which is mostly the Warriors, to be yes, honest, right yes. now. I mean, I'm guessing he's just on the team because of Steph. Like how Crazy. Giannis's brother got yeah. in the Knicks, like hired or employed Giannis's yeah. brother. Or J.R. Smith had a cousin or a brother as well that the Knicks did. So I think you see it. It's yeah, one of those we'll scratch your back, superstar. We'll put your brother in law, you know, on the end of the bench and all of a sudden all these injuries. Now he's now he's getting NBA minutes. That's right. So yeah, Russell, it was it was his night to shine and uh wow. He did 52 points, a career high in this game. Wiggins uh, went off as well. He had 40 points. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, like I said, not really the Warriors are used to from the last few years. Kind of crazy to see, especially as, like, I don't know, it's still, like, it still feels like a marquee game on the schedule, right? It's like, oh, the Warriors ticket. We're, you, you know, it's just the reflex. It's so expensive. Mm-hmm. And I can't, all the, all the Fairweather fans are going to come out, and maybe they did, but it's just so weird. Then they show up they on the court. They sold those tickets like, before oh the season. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. But, yeah, not, not, the, not the circus coming to town as it has been usually. And, uh, yeah, we're wondering if, you know, possibly, you know, all the scoring, all the hey, you shoot that mid range shot, uh, D'Angelo. Maybe was that a recruitment t- tactic by the team? That's an interesting it's idea. A, it's, it's just a subtle thing. He, we want him to associate playing in the target center with pleasant memories, That's right? And now he always has that memory of scoring a career high 52 points in the target center. Why wouldn't he want to play? He's like, here? I like those rims, exactly. He's like, maybe I do want to call that home. So it's just you know, it's the little things that uh, affect your subconscious bias. That's right. And, uh, we're presenting a we're presenting the target center as a place where he wants to be. So despite the fact that uh, you know the Warriors are are not the not the juggernaut uh, that they have been in past years. Still good to get the win, and everyone got their money's worth. You there know, you go. You, maybe you, maybe you wanted to see Steph Curry, but you still saw a very entertaining game. Absolutely. Um, Sunday, not as uh, entertaining or as uh, you know as exciting. A very sloppy game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We uh, we are on Kevin Garnett's side. We hate the matinee games. Uh, uh, yeah, he KG famously hated playing on Sunday afternoons. And uh, I live in Minnesota. Shout to Soda. Y'all know what it is. And I think that our players feel the same way because uh, bad things generally happen to the Wolves on afternoon matinee games. And so this was uh, just a very sloppy game, uh, just an unbelievably bad shooting game. We went six from 45. <laughs> 39 misses from three is the third most in NBA history. So almost made history. Not franchise history. NBA history. history. <laughs> yeah. Thank God the Rockets are there to yeah. just make sure we can't get that record. Yeah. But it was just unbelievable. We shot 13% from three. 
And, you know, you just kept thinking, well, these have got to fall at some point. The next one's going in, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even believe Cat hit that one, you know, from the corner that oh, sent yeah. it uh, to overtime, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, so we couldn't really hit a shot, but we kept gunning. We kept throwing them up. Um, I think the best part of this game was the 16-0 Wolves run to end the fourth quarter. Crazy. End the fourth quarter, force overtime. I really enjoyed the lineup we had out there. We had Cat and Wiggins, but the other three were Rocco, Okogi, and Trevion Graham. Okay. And their defense is what made that 16-0 run possible. I feel so bad for those uh, those uh, ball handlers, the pick-and-roll ball handlers, <laughs> because every pass they made yep. was just vacuumed up by Rocco or Okogi with their long yeah. arms, just sticking them down on the floor. Yeah, and- they're so good at the 50-50 ball. Like, that's anybody's ball, but they're getting it. I think that's like the best NBA skill Trevion Graham has. He's so good at getting that 50-50 ball, it feels like a 75-25 ball when he's out there i just see the way he attacks loose balls in the open court and i'm just like wow i'm always impressed by that um so yeah first cat Jokic matchup of the season uh Jokic hit that weird turnaround shot to win the game in overtime crazy yeah uh so he's been getting a little flax Jokic, to start this season a little out of shape maybe a little you know not, not the player we've come to expect over the last few years, but uh, yeah, good. Always good to see him and Towns go at it. Uh, they didn't get in a fight or anything, so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> right. He's got uh, he's got some weight. I might not want to fight Jokic. You know, the way this one ended though, kind of felt like, oh, you just missed this game. But the Wolves did not deserve to win this game. No, they, they exactly. Were, they were bad throughout it, and that one run it took, was nice. It took a but... stupid sixteen and zero run. <laughs> and I also <laughs> think, let me, uh, yeah, I'm unlikely. Pretty, yeah, I think yeah, it was this game where I just didn't agree with the calls we were getting. I thought the the refs were kind. <laughs> Of unfair against Denver, <laughs> which, you which know, is so rare to say. Yeah, right? like, like I've usually, never heard you say that. Yeah, usually I'm, I'm angry at the refs because I'm biased to Homer. You know, but you know. there was a lot of those calls where I was like, "Oh man, I, if I were a Denver fan, I would be angry because I feel like they're getting a lot of bad calls." So I think that. In, in lots of several different ways, the Wolves did not deserve this win. So, yeah, it was, it was a tough one shooting-wise, but then uh, making it even tougher is the Wolves had to get on a plane right after this game and fly to Detroit. No one likes going to no Detroit. One like, no one likes going to Detroit, especially on a back-to-back situation. But the Wolves pulled it out. They got the win in Detroit, 120-114. That was Monday night. Even Detroit fans don't like going to Detroit basketball yeah, games. Yeah, there was some snow. It but is yeah, always Ever empty. since they opened that little Caesars arena, they, had, they, they famously changed the color of the seats. Yeah. Like, because they were to red it, or yeah, whatever. And it looks so like... Really tell everyone that's empty, yeah. and when you make them dark blue or gray, it's harder to tell. How it's empty a little they better, are. but I can still tell. I'm still looking. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, second half of back to back this game. Good to get the win. That's a really good win to get, especially when uh, traveling, you know, between the two games and stuff. That's tough. Uh, this was the first game of the season for Blake Griffin. Welcome, Black uh, Blake. He had a pretty good night. Yeah, uh, looking pretty uh, good. Yeah, looking pretty good. He's uh, had an amazing, probably career year last year. It's just a fascinating career that Blake yeah. Griffin has been. Yeah, authoring. the roller coaster. Yeah, and it's just a shame that I think I would I would really love to see him on a playoff team this season. I mean, Detroit might make the playoffs, but they're not going to make any Hopefully noise, they don't get swept you know? again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would love to see what he could do on and a he team. He played that's... three of those games. He missed like, or he played one of those games. He missed the first three games of that Milwaukee series. So, I don't know. It'd be good to see him in there uh, this upcoming year. Yeah, he was playing through like a torn meniscus though. So, yeah. he wasn't at 100. Yeah, he wasn't there. Um, yeah, the big news in this game after the last game in, uh, you know, playing against uh, Denver, the, the, all those threes started to fall. <laughs> Finally. They, they, they started hitting them. They were falling. It's never good when, you know, you miss shots. That's right. You miss shots, and then you got to come back the next game and get them. Law of averages coming back around for the Wolves. They Came back around fast. Fast, too. Mm-hmm. First quarter, they made eight of their first ten uh, three-pointers. So they got it going. They got back on track. Uh, just, you know, stayed the course, shooting those threes even though they weren't falling. And, hey, sure enough, started to fall. Uh, Andre Drummond it was in foul trouble for this one. I thought it was a weird game for uh, Robert Covington. Uh, he just had a lot of strange plays. He ended up on the floor a lot, uh, which is kind of a good thing, but also kind of can be a bad thing. 
thing, depending on how you fall. Right. Um, and then he didn't start the second half, which has still not been explained to me what happened because he then eventually checked back in. I thought it was like, okay, he not feeling well. Maybe he's not going to play in this half. But then like in the middle, middle of the third quarter, here he comes again. So I don't know. Do, maybe Saunders has some like rotation things up his sleeve here where it's like super matchup based or see something. He's not afraid to sub a guy out. I don't know. Hey, as long as the team's down with it, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was uh, t- uh, Wiggins had 25 in this game as well. It was another good Wiggins game. All week has been a good Wiggins game. So it's, it's a recurring theme here at the week yeah. recap. So yeah, good to get the win in Detroit on Monday. Andre made me feel really sad during this game because Ooh. there was a cat was a Drummond. Abu- cat yeah. was abusing Drummond. Yeah. And there was a point after cat had just like dunked it or whatever and ran back down the court where the camera was, you know, doing the four full court look at, you know, cat oh. down the court. Yeah. And Drummond got in front of the camera and you could just see so much sadness in his eyes. It <laughs> just looked like someone had killed his dog he in front sulking. of him. He was sulking a lot. No, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't even like angry. It was just, yeah. it was pure defeat and sadness to the point where I had to have empathy for him because it was just like, it looked like he was just like, ha- like you know, like I said, like someone killed his dog. He was so sad. Uh, and I, those those sad eyes, I couldn't take it. Melted poor, my heart. Poor Drummond. Yeah, I'm not going to feel too bad for him, but uh, he makes yeah. a ton of money. And yeah, he's making you know, like 25 a year. He's so, good. but yeah, it, it was just, it was, it was a tough moment. It played my heartstrings a little. Um, and then last night, uh, shouts to Ezra, my San Antonio friend. Uh, we beat you. We finally, got you. Finally. Um, <laughs> we won at 129-114. That was last night, Wednesday night. Uh, we were 2-16 and 16 in our last 18 games versus San Antonio. <laughs> That's so. an amazing stat. Well, we never beat them. We never, ever beat the, beat the Spurs. They always take care of us. Well, especially, I mean, I just feel like LaMarcus has dominated Cat. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he, I mean, he was good again the other night too. There's nothing you can do to stop that yeah. post up turnaround jumper. Yeah, you just got to let him take it. You know, fortunately, the league is that has kind of passed him by with that. That's, right. that's been the best defense. It's, time. it's, it's like just a so unstoppable. Shot. Yeah. Um. So other fun things that were happening though. Uh, return of Jeff Teague. Teague back. So we don't know why he was gone. It's good to have him back. Um, we had him come off the bench, which was pretty interesting. I know yeah. it could be one of those things, and we'll get into Andy's game a little bit later. We're going to talk about Andy a lot. It could be something where Andy's been playing so well, kind of running point wigs, as we like to call it, that maybe Saunders didn't. I think actually Saunders had a quote about this that was basically like he didn't want to step on you know the week that Andy's been having. So I think it makes sense to ease Teague back in coming off the bench. It'll be interesting to see what we do with that going forward. Yeah, but I, I think, think it also made sense with injury. Like, hey, if he has his respiratory thing or if he has whatever whatever his problem is, it's right. just like we need to ease him back in. You know? But I think it was also kind of a matchup play because Deontay Murray is a big – he's a big guard. Yeah. And I think you would have given – his physicality would have given Teague a little problem that it didn't with Culver because Culver's just a bigger man than Teague. Yeah, so, totally. Um, but, man, our bench played a great game. Usually it's the Spurs bench winning it. Yeah, oh, I love that Spurs bench, Marco Bellinelli, Patty Mills, uh, Jakob Pertle, you know, Rudy Gay. Yeah. That bench was uh, they're, deep. They, they're fun to watch, but our bench was uh, just as good. Uh, Culver started, but he had a great game. Teague really had a great third quarter running the bench unit out there. That was super fun. Um, Okogi was very active. I felt like he was a little out of control. I almost wanted to talk about him more because I thought he had such a great defensive week. And then I felt like the Spurs game was a little weak from yeah. Josh. But yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think the Spurs are a good litmus test because if you know one thing, and it remains to be seen about this year's Spurs, but the thing about the Spurs over the last 20 years has been they don't lose to bad teams. They take care of business. They just don't lose to teams under 500. Their record every year is remarkably good because they don't lose to bad teams. And that's why I think they're a good litmus test because if you beat them, that means you're not a bad team. That's right. So I uh, I was I was excited going in because I was like, we still don't know how good this Wolf squad is. And I thought that this would be a real proving ground for us. And we came out on the right side of things. Now we might know. And the final fun thing about this is I thought it was a night for Bizarro Wiggins comparisons because I've always felt like Andrew, I've always compared him a few times to DeMar DeRozan just in the way they only, they really love the mid-range jumper. And I thought DeRozan didn't, you know, he didn't. Kind of like a throwback two-guard game. Yeah. Kind of like a Jordan, Kobe, kind of like, you know, obviously not that good, but, you know, in that mold. Yeah, exactly. And also DeMar didn't become an all-star until like his eighth or ninth season in the league. And he Mm. never really had a giant leap year he just sure. made improvements every single year oh, that's interesting and so i kind of thought that was similar to wiggins and actually Britt wrote about it in the comments of his article this week saying demar actually has had better you know win shares and stuff earlier yeah. in his career than wiggins so wiggins is not a you know it doesn't even match up to that level but i always thought rudy gay as well i mean he's ha- he's kind of reinvented himself in san antonio but before that when he played in toronto everyone was like oh rudy gay he's always just he's a high volume guy who only scores from the mid-range every remember everyone remembers that video not this guy, yeah. not him, as yeah. Rudy Gay catches the ball and hits a game winner, kind of like Andrew could do. You know, he's, he's not afraid to take the game winner. He's had some game winners in the past, but I always thought that Rudy Gay could also be like Wiggins in the sense that he's never good at, as good on defense as you wanted him to be, and he loved he fell in love with the mid range jumper and needed a high volume of shots, and that was Wiggins' mo until this season. So. I thought it was fun that both of those guys are on the Spurs now. Just a nice three in one week for the Wolves. Let's hope for the same next week. Time to get to Full Court Press. Here's the tip. Of course, we got to start this off with the play of one Andrew Wiggins. Uh, he wow. I mean, is he gonna is he gonna get uh, is he gonna get uh, Player of the Week? He probably will, right? Uh, I think James Harden is gonna get it. Actually, he's been oh, having just a little wow. bit a little bit better of a week. But shout to Drew Wiggs, man. Right, he finally listened. Overall, just a great start to the season for Andrew Wiggins. His last five games have been especially good, though. Um, uh, 31 points, 31.6 points per game, five rebounds, and six assists in the last five games. That's incredible. That's, uh, you know, that's some stuff we might have. I think we're, in, we're entering into territory of never been seen before with Andrew Wiggins. He's had games here and there, you know, maybe stretches of two or three games. Yeah. But five in a row like this? Come on. I was listening to No Dunks today. Uh, that's the new, the starters, the basketball Jones. Those guys now have a podcast for the athletic called the No athletic. Dunks Incorporated. It's very fun. It's free, even if you're not a No Dunks, I mean, an athletic subscriber, which you should be because they have Britt Robson and that's worth the price of admission alone. But um, I was listening to it today and they led the show talking about the Wolves and Wiggins. For all those people out there, I know you're on Reddit. I saw you who are annoyed that the national media continue to sleep on the Wolves. Uh, listen to No Dunks because they are national media and they led the show. Yeah, there you go. The yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's all going to come around now. Everyone's going to start writing their Wiggins pieces. So, so get ready for them next week. Exactly. And they were they went around the room and said if they're up or down on the Wolves. And uh, J.E. had tweeted it out earlier today and Trey cited it that Wiggins had a really good 11 game start to the 2016-2017 oh, season. That's the Levine's that la- it was Levine's last season, Tibbs' okay. first season here with us. He had an 11-game stretch where he was averaging like 30 points on 50, 40, 75 shooting. And then, as you remember, he didn't finish with that kind of efficiency through the year. But the difference is, even in those games, it was Andrew's shot selection was old-school Andrew. You know, Mm. he was just getting lucky at hitting threes. 
threes, getting kind of lucky at uh, the shots he was taking because he was taking that same diet of mid-range shots that he loves. And I think the thing mm-hmm. that's different this year is not only his shot selection, but he wasn't rebounding the ball or getting the assists that he's getting now. He's clearly displaying a level of court vision. He's displaying a level of ball handling control that he didn't during that stretch. So while the scoring numbers, you could be like, well, he's done that before. He's never really done it. His overall game has never been like this before for a stretch. It's a different Wiggins. Yeah, and that's, you know, the shooting, the scoring. We've seen that before. Those are the things that we know he can do, you know. So to me, that's less exciting. How much he's scoring, um, you know, that's going to come and go, I feel like, throughout the season. I I don't even pay attention to it. I yeah, don't know. I yeah. don't know which games I'm not like. Oh, he had 30 this game, or he I, had 40 this game. I, I look at. Oh, he had hmm. seven rebounds this game. He had yeah. seven assists. Those are the numbers I look at. That's the stuff that is different. And and yeah, the shooting percentages those can come and go throughout the year. So I think looking at that and saying, well, maybe this is a little fluky. I think that's fair. His shooting percentages, especially from three, potentially could be fluky. What I like is yeah, what you're saying is that these rebounds, these assists, um, driving to the hoop, how he's getting the points, you know, is different. You know, driving to the hoop um, or he's finding assists. At as well as getting to the free throw line. That's some stuff that's been vacant from his game for a while now. And so like that is really the most exciting part of this for me is the expanded game, not just the fact that he's pl- playing well in the clutch, you know, that's awesome, but that's, you know, okay. Uh, we've seen that before even. And uh, of course the shooting that that's been great, but I feel like we've seen that before as well. So it's all this new stuff that we like. I love aggressive Wiggins. Get into the hoop. He's driving. He's driving he's right at aggressive. Him. And he's even without the ball, he's running around, you know, off ball. He's really trying to get some stuff set up with Towns. I love the Towns Andrew two man game that's been happening. They've never had a ton of chemistry before in the past. And this season yeah. is the first time I felt like we're seeing some not just off the court chemistry, but mm. on the court chemistry in their games. There's a synergy there that there yeah. wasn't before. And not that's just not just playing video games. Together. Right, exactly. It's <laughs> thrilling to see. And there's um, been lots of pick and roll with Towns and Wiggins. They've been sort of uh force feeding it. You know, and maybe it's just a matter of reps, you know what I mean? It's not like obviously they know each other and they're friends, so it's not like that, but maybe it's just a matter of they just didn't have the reps, they didn't have the um, you know, the minutes on the court together and the actual play calls run for them because the, the pick and roll is they're they're running that a lot. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that I, what what everyone is addressing in their articles they're writing about Andy Britt had one come out today on The Athletic that you should read. He kind of cited the system and confidence as the two big changes in Andrew. Um, and pay attention to Canis Hoopis. We're writing a piece. Neil, I'm not sure if you're going to get in on this. Uh, I think there's opportunity for you. We're, we're all the authors of Canis are going to have a 10 point article the 10 things that are different about Wiggins this season we're each nice. covering one thing nice, so I've got nice, my nice. thing I think there are a few, few numbers still open if you want to write a little 200 okay word. I'll try and do that um and so I'm not going to reveal what I'm writing yet because yeah. I want you to tune in yeah it's a tease yet. for next week but uh one of the biggest things is the system um I think yeah. that's one of the most encouraging things is I asked I was watching the Spurs game last night and I was like I think these assist numbers from Wiggins are for real because one the mm. system is designed in a way that it's driving kick driving kick and you're going to get uh you know oh you're gonna just by necessary if you can collapse the defense and kick it to an open shooter oh, yeah. you're gonna get assists yeah and i think that the assist rate is for real as well because how many times does he make a great pass to an open person and they miss i felt like he could have had so many more assists which is 
what you say about people who are for real with their assist number. I felt that way about Ricky sometimes and stuff where it's like, mm. oh man, Ricky's Ricky deserved better because he made so many great shots that just didn't, or passes to players who took great shots and they didn't and they go miss, in. Yeah. And we're missing all of our threes right now. Even mm. we have like this terrible yeah. we have this terrible unlucky rate where one our open three percentage is like the worst in the league. When we take <laughs> wide open threes, we're terrible. That's going to change. That's something that's going to change. Yep. And just like how Never we're hurts. we're like top five in the league in contesting three pointers. But the, we're like letting everyone hit those. And that's another thing where if you can test those three pointers, that your opponent's shooting yeah. percentage should be much lower. Both They're just getting things, lucky yeah. and yeah. we're getting unlucky. Yeah. And that's a factor of luck. And so you got to figure that Wiggins, even with Teague coming back, because that's another thing about the assists is that he's getting all these assists when we went without point guards for a week. So even with Teague coming back, I think there's still a way for uh, the system to make sure that Wiggins is getting those kind of, uh, you know, assists. Yeah, he's looking with the ball in his hand, especially, you know, pushing it in transition, that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, I think a lot of the passes he makes, too, are, are like cutters and stuff where they're getting like looks around the rim or like yeah. sort of in the mid range. So those are the most impressive ones, yeah. especially last night. The most That's impressive good. pass he's made all season, I think, was when he got the ball cutting to the hoop and he had a pretty open look. I thought he could have dunked it. I thought he could have laid it in. Yeah. There's kind of a Spurs player fainting towards them, but it, mm. he wasn't that close. Mm. And instead, Wiggins gave it up to Rocco, who was cutting from the opposite end. And it was just an example where it's like Wiggins could have had that bucket, but instead he gave it to Rocco. And I thought that was just a a, a, a perfect picture of someone who's not just passing because he has to because he got doubled and he has to get rid of it. It was him seeing Rocco and be like, you deserve this, Rocco. I'm going to get you involved. Another thing I really like, and this is something we've seen from Wiggins in the past, but sort of been inconsistent, is the ability to... Um, you know, have a smaller man on him and take him into the paint. You know, oh, yeah. we're getting at least a couple of those per game now. He's playing the two. He is uh, up against some, you know, guys who are maybe six five, you know, six six, something like that. And he's he's uh, or he gets a switch on him. You know, if he's playing the point guard, then the smaller guys on him. He's taking them into the paint and just like finger rolling it over their heads and stuff like that. And so it's good to see that as well. It's like, again, it's just sort of the, you know, it's more of the mindset. It's more of the confidence, this ability to say like, oh, you got to put a smaller person on me. This is my shot now. I'm, I'm backing you down and taking this shot. That's a confidence thing. And that's one of those things that Flip just force fed him his rookie year. He said, Andrew, you're going to do eight post-ups a yeah, game. Yeah, give him a lot. And they Good reps. And it was one of those things where they wanted him to learn that because then he could unlock other parts of his game. And now it's just a tool in his back pocket. Yeah. When he puts a guy in the post, I'm very confident in what Wiggins can do because he's very comfortable there because of all the post-ups we made him run his rookie and sophomore season. And he's better now in those situations. He would fade to the baseline. He would, you know, hit, hit a one-step fadeaway yeah. type of thing. He'd bail out the defender in those situations. Like, no, the whole reason you're posting up is because you need to get closer to the rim. And so now you see him taking that extra dribble, maybe giving him a shoulder. You know, little, you can see he fake. wants at least one foot in the paint before yes. he takes a shot yes. now. And good things are happening for him there. I think that, you know, his ability to get to the rim and get into the paint we one we can't overlook how good his handle has improved it's mm, still great like you point out neil he still gets stripped a little bit uh, too often when he goes to the rim there's once or twice a game he'll get stripped on like a layup attempt at yeah. the rim that's a little frustrating but he's, but when he's out on the perimeter when he's out past the three-point line he does have a little more shake to him in, in those situations i do agree that it's better there but maybe it's not a handle thing necessarily maybe it's a grip or like a well, hand I've seen thing him he's got to protect the ball better when he's in the lane yeah that's true that he has to do that maybe but I've seen, I've seen him make dribble moves this season that i've never seen him make before he had mm. an amazing crossover in detroit mm. he did a, a gather and he kind of just went the opposite way that the spurs defenders were thinking and to get a layup the other night so nice. i'm seeing him make dribble moves yeah, to get cool. wide open so he's applying them and not just like open court situations and that's really impressive but I, I think we can't 
underestimate how effective it is for towns to uh, be on the outside. You know, because yeah. last year we had space Taj out, and space Ka- out. we had yeah. Taj and Cat in the paint almost every possession, and so Wiggins had no room. He had no space to operate. So that's another huge thing. Why is Andrew getting to the rim this season? Because there's no bigs down there. Got to respect Carl. Right, exactly. And so I think Carl's a huge part of this. I saw a stat. I think I put it in the show notes. I'm not going to have it. Uh, oh, right here. Andrew Wiggins has played 160 minutes without Cat on the floor. During that time, 18% of Wiggins' points have come from the mid-range. 30% have come from the paint. And then when Wiggins and Cat are on the floor together, um, 222 minutes alongside the NBA's best shooting big, 59% of Wiggins' points come from the paint and just 5% from the mid-range. So that's from Charlie Johnson at NBA on Twitter. I got that stat from him, but it just exactly shows what I'm saying, that when Towns is out there, the paint opens up and Wiggins doesn't have to settle for the mid-range. It's like gravity. Towns uh, yeah. Yeah, commands, commands that, that you guard him. You have to be within arm's reach of him. And I think that making the shots have opened up Wiggins driving as well because we saw the Spurs, whenever they go over the screen, it's too late. You went over the screen, yeah. Andrew, Andrew, you can't stop him once he picks up the steam and it starts heading down to, yeah, downhill. downhill Wiggins. It used to be the book was kind of similar to Ricky. You live with him taking a jump yeah. shot because he's not very good at that. And, and, and But in those days, his foot would be on the line or he'd be one step in the line. You know, He wouldn't, right. he wouldn't take that three. So if Andrew can keep up his shooting percentages, I think it, it'll continue to fuel his success this season because everyone can't go under the screen and like I said if you go over the screen on Wiggins he's getting into the paint so what comes next here for Wiggins like what do we see in the next 10 games let's say we were 11 games into the season obviously we want to see him you know maintain this we want to see him continue with the rebounding and the and the assists and stuff but what do you think is going to change here for Wiggins in the next 10 games that we didn't see here in the first 10 he's going to be playing harder teams and oh, so they have a tough schedule coming up. Yeah, uh, we've had a relatively we've had the second easiest schedule in the league um, so far. Wow. And so Andrew's going to be and also the scouting report. We got to think that, you know, I mean, Towns and Wiggins both commented on this and John Krasinski's athletic piece today, just about how teams are. They have bad habits against the Wolves because they don't. They haven't realized the Wolves have changed. There's a yet. reputation there. Yeah, so yeah. they think Wiggins is going to take a mid range, and so they're not ready when he blows by them and goes into the paint. And and Cat was saying that too is that people expect them to be playing the offensive style they're known for instead of their new offensive style. And so eventually, if the Wolves continue to have the success, the scouting report is going to change, and everyone's going to yeah. change how they defend Wiggins. And then that's the question I think is: Can Wiggins make the adjustment? Because the defenses will adjust to how they're covering Wiggins, and Wiggins then will have to make another adjustment to continue being effective. So I wonder, you know, it's a lot to ask because it took us six years for him to make some adjustments. So it seems almost unfair to already ask him to make more adjustments. But that will come. That will come with, the, you know, increased respect is yeah. defenses will change. And then, uh, you know, we'll see how that, that changes the game. Yeah, and, and it's been interesting to see, you know, teams trap him. It's been t- try to take the ball out of his hands, that kind of thing. He, I've never seen that before. Uh, the other night uh, against San Antonio, Bryn Forbes, multiple plays, just 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 face guarding him so he didn't touch the ball. Yeah, you know, so he couldn't get the ball in his hands. And like, I think we're gonna see a little bit more of that. Yeah, and that's just gonna be on Towns and other players to take over and use that to their advantage. Uh, but that's that's uncharted territory. That's that's when we'll kind of know that this is like I think for real is when like defenses change up and start uh, playing you a little differently. 
Yeah, um, just a few quick Wiggins bullet points from our show notes that I want to go through, Neil. Do you know Wiggins is a vegetarian? Aha, uh-huh, no. I did not know that until Jim Pete brought it up. I forget what game it was in the past week, but Jim was saying that he thinks the, the new nutritionist and the diet plan has given Wiggins an extra spring in the step, you know, an extra quickness into his step, and that could uh, account for some of his improvement. And then he mentioned Wiggins is a vegetarian. I had there no idea. Yeah. So that's a fun fact about Andy. Now we know. I also think that whatever zone Andy's mind is in right now, I hope he can keep it there as long as possible because he just seems to be in the right mental space. Um, Part of me just doesn't believe this is for real because life doesn't give us things like that. Like we've never had the basketball the gods in you. Yeah. The basketball gods have never given us anything, Neil. So why should they give us this? So I, I, I think for just religious and spiritual reasons, I don't believe this will stay yeah, we're, we're, more we're, than anything else. We're waiting for those shoe to drop. We've been burned in the past. So yeah, we, we pay attention to this team way too closely to think that this is, this is totally real. We're hopeful. We're hopeful, but Come, we'll see. <laughs> will Andy get a triple double this season, Neil? Uh, no. Will Andy get MVP chance this season? Yes. It's crazy how even with him doing so much better and doing more of everything, everything he does still looks so effortless. That's one of the things about Wiggins that everyone's like, that's one of the reasons he has those reputations. One is because he clearly has, doesn't try as his hardest in the past. But also it's just yeah. because whatever he does, he looks so smooth and cool doing it. It never looks like he's like putting an effort into it. Everything comes easy to Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And uh, man, it's it's been great to watch. So um yeah, let's just keep the fun going. I think that, you know, obviously the question everyone has is, can he keep this up? Can he keep, when's it going to happen? What's going to happen? Just enjoy the ride. It's been super fun. This was maybe, this was the most fun week of the season, I feel like. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, it's, you know, you don't want to say it's, it always is the best week of the season, but, you know, hopefully it can repeat a week like this going forward. It just feels like a fever dream that I'm living in, you know, just like watching these games. I'm like, this can't be real. I feel like I'm punch drunk. Scott, it is a fever because. That's right. Uh, we are moving on to point guard depth. Time to chat a little bit about this. This uh, kind of dovetails with the Wiggins stuff um, as far as, you know, what happened this week with Wiggins in the last five games, all these points, all the assists and stuff. He didn't have a point guard to play with. You know, Jeff Teague, not there. Uh, uh, the, the illness, the stitches or the, <laughs> the chest stuff or um, um, Shabazz Napier. He is, uh, he is out with the hamstring still. Probably will be for another little while. Hamstrings are tricky. Don't don't mess around with the hamstring. Those linger. This is probably something he'll deal with for the rest of the season. And so it was kind of a strange week where Jared Culver, kind of a kind of a point guard, not really uh, learning the ropes. Surely, um, you know, spent some time with the ball in his hand a lot. Uh, and Andrew Wiggins also had the ball in their hands a lot. So it's kind of kind of a different kind of week. What did you see, Scott, this week from the from the the lack of point guard on the floor? Um, you know, obviously we did okay. We went three and one, but I think the thing that concerned me was it was just clear that we were not controlling the pace of the games, mm, which yeah. is an underrated part of good point guards is they know when to speed it up. If they can, contr- if they make the opponents play at their pace and we definitely played at Denver's pace on Sunday. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we let Golden State speed us up <laughs> against Golden State. And I just feel like we, we need a point guard to take control of the flow of the game. And that was absent. And I also think that, you know, just we've, had a lot of sloppy turnovers this week that you know you just think yeah. that won't happen. 
I mean, there's a lot of good things that came out of this. I think uh, Culver obviously started feeling more comfortable, and I think Wiggins has said playing the point guard the past week has opened things up for me and changed the way I've seen the court. And so it's obviously good for his development as well. Um, but as good as those things are, I did miss the point guards because I could definitely tell. Me too. You need, uh, I don't know, it's hard because it's a very sort of like traditionalist, like kind of like old approach of being like every player has a position, you need one of each. Like, I don't know, but you did feel the difference on the offensive end, I felt like you're saying, like the turnovers, some of the madness, some just like what's going on here, some late clock, sh- shot clock situation stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think the team is better with a real, uh, quote unquote, real point guard on the floor. But I don't know. I think it definitely is an interesting look and something that you know we know Saunders is about. We know he's he doesn't necessarily need to have you know this floor general guy on this fl- on the floor at all times. So I wonder about that. I wonder this. It's a very intriguing sort of sample here for this week. And already you get in the you're getting the talk of hey Jared Culver should be the starting point guard. And Jeff G- 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 off the bench. It worked you know? well against the Spurs. Why can't yeah, we just do it yeah. all the time? So I mean, obviously you don't make decisions like that after one game, but it is something to sort of monitor. And you know, it's something that's interesting especially how good Andrew's been with the ball in his hands. So, uh, I mean, there's lots of things here that kind of dig into and kind of look at where things are. You know, on the other hand, also, you know, talking about all these shooting woes, uh, Napier and Teague are two of our best three-point shooters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for nothing else, if that's going to be a big, big part of this season, those are two of the guys you need to have out there, you know. Trevion Graham, I've seen enough clanks from you, my friend. I like you in the starting lineup as a defender and as a hustle guy. He's been and, so cold. And stuff, he's but he's ice cold, cold, man. So, you know, there's been some issues with the shooting, obviously. And and don't forget that Teague and Napier are two of the best on the squad for that thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I don't expect Teague to keep coming off the bench. It's just he is a he I don't think he would stand for that as a incoming. He's going to be a free agent and he doesn't want to go into the free agency. I think it would hurt team chemistry if we try to do that to Jeff Teague. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if his return to the starting lineup affects Andrew's uh, ability to pass and create like he's been doing. And if that happens then maybe it's more imperative that we either trade Jeff Teague or you know, trying to come up with another injury we can have him sit out for yeah. a week for because um, I think that uh, and Ryan said as much you know about last night's game as how he started Culver because he wanted to keep the momentum going for Andrew and so I think you know Ryan clearly knows Andrew's development is more important than Jeff Teague's feelings yeah um, so that's going to be very interesting to monitor there's another thing though as much as we miss them on offense just Matador defense by Jeff T. It was great watching lineups that had Rocco, Trevion Graham, Okogi, even Culver even is a Culver much better a rookie, defender. He's, he's already showing fine. instincts. Yeah, about, he's fine. Yeah, his defense is much better than his offense, I would say, so far. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I've been impressed by a lot of plays he's making. And it's just, it's non-debatable that Teague and Napier are two of our worst defenders on the team. Yeah, especially so Teague. You just have to wonder all the points that we, the more the better offense, the lack of turnovers, the better scoring that we're going to get from having Teague back. Do we give that all back away from the the really subpar perimeter defense that he generates? You know. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you know overall they just need these guys back, and then we'll let Saunders work his magic on. The, you know the mix of it all right yeah kind of what we're saying here is it's sort of this push and pull and sort of like you know the seesaw here of like take and give pull you know give and take a little bit here so obviously the right mix is what's important and how many minutes for these guys and stuff like that and i think this week showed that we can fake culver as point guard wiggins yeah. as point guard yeah but for like minutes. I, they did neither of them look close to that level of 
true NBA starting point guard, like where I said the control of pace and figure out, oh, this guy hasn't gotten a shot in the last five times yeah, down. Let's get Jake Lehman the ball yeah. or something, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I don't think they can run the floor and be the floor manager we need, but they can definitely pass for a week or two. So I think we will need to sign a point guard next year in Yale, and I don't think it's going to be Jordan McLaughlin. That's something we got to figure out Jordan year, McLaughlin yeah. had some tough times this yeah, week. So There's going to be lots of this going to be in flux. I, I saw he was cooking in the G League last night. Uh, though, all right, he's back where he belongs. Yeah. Speaking of which, Kate is coming up. Hey, come on up. Um, all right, one more thing here. He's on fire! Let's talk about something silly and fun. Something funny. Oh, man, we talk so much basketball, Neil. It yeah. was like, are we a real NBA podcast? Let's Come on, X's and O's. and get off the X's and O's. Yeah. Let's talk about our favorite memes of the season so far. Okay, you know? all right. Usually, sometimes there's been seasons where the memes are the only thing that we have to hold on to throughout a Timberwolves season. Change, or I mean, let's, uh, you know, in the legendary memes, over. the yeah. legendary memes will stay with us forever. Like, uh... Alexi, change change his face. Be happy. Enjoy. Good classics. Another classic meme uh, gif yeah. is uh, Towns and Wiggins at the slam dunk contest standing up and holding yep. the bench back. Yep. Like, gotta have that one. We we know that a good meme can stay with us forever. So, so there's been good memes this year, and we're just trying to again. It's only been a few weeks. We're trying know, to see which ones are going to stick with us. You know. Yeah. So we're, we made a little list here of the, the top memes of the season so far. So and really, why don't you just run them all down for us? Because okay. I feel like you you'd be best at describing you know how they look and maybe like what they mean here. Sure. I bit. felt like last night's game provided a lot of them, so that's yes. why it kind of put me in the forefront because we had the amazing. Gif of cat dancing. He's the doing surf his, dance. his surf dance, a little luau, a little hip shaking dance, yeah. kind of dance after yes. Wiggins hit a really good three pointer. Yep. And then also, man, are we lucky that the cameraman caught this? Jake Lehman went up for a dunk. He got fouled. He blew the dunk. By Rudy Gay, yeah. who Towns got mixed up with earlier. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Towns looks at him and says, Jake. And then Jake. he does this face. Yeah. And then he has this face, and the camera keeps zooming in while Cat holds the face. Which I, think, I don't know what it meant. Does he, was he saying, like, Jake, th- thanks for trying to get this guy back for me? No, I, I think it's more think, of like, you missed the dunk. Yeah, I think that's why I was right. like, hey, Jake, you so should have got that dunk. Yeah. yeah, I think he was giving Jake a hard time, which is good that's for chemistry. Good and also, one. just I think that one's going to stick around. Um, Rocco eating a waffle on the bench was good also one. fourth very quarter, embraced. Need a little extra energy. Um, just a little fun fact about the waffles, Neil. Everyone was calling it a Stroop waffle, which is apparently a brand of snack food or something. Yeah, those are good. Um, but I, I got the intel. I did some internet research. Apparently, it's a honey stainer waffle. Yum. Which Sounds is designed for nutrition. It's designed nutrition for replenishment and very common in running and cycling corners. So, right. running, like so that's what it is. Bar. Yeah, a little energy boost. Uh, Wiggins Island is getting a lot of talk. It's Classic. a little, you know, uh, it's a little passe because Island is something that applies to any player now. It kind of started with Waiters Island, but it's it, everyone's talking Wiggins Island now, so yeah. that's definitely going to be a meme, you yeah, know, throughout the season. It's here. It's here to stay. Cat, um, uh, his response to Joel Embiid: "I ain't no bitch." Raised around lions. Hashtag bitch talk. I mean, you could do it in the voice if you want. What, what, what was like the cat? No, just like the the. I feel like there's a. Oh, I ain't no bitch raised around lions. Yeah, there's like a, bitch talk. There's like a voice that yeah. goes with that. I feel yeah, like. exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. And that's what I've always said. Is like if somebody. Uh, never mind. Let's. Move. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. always said like that's a way. Like if if you're arguing with someone and you just don't have anything to say to them, just repeat, repeat back everything they, they say in a, in a dumb voice. voice. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I felt very good about that until there was an episode of Community about it. Then I was like, oh. <laughs> um, you know, one of our favorite new memes. Everyone should spread it. Layman, Dayman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Check it out. Yeah, you got to spread that. Make it a thing because he's, he's he had a great game last night. Um, and this goes with the cat Embiid post. He uh, the photo of cat touching Embiid with one finger and Embiid screaming. Just the one finger, as well as cat with Embiid in a headlock. I've seen so many memes created around those already. <laughs> 
This is a meme from last year, but I think it works now with the OK Boomer is a big meme right now. Everyone's saying OK Boomer. I think Andrew Wiggins said it better though last year when he said old dudes stay hating. Right. So he was talking about uh, Stephen Jackson. Yeah. Right. Putting him on blast and he yeah. just had a post that said old dudes stay hating. Right. Basically saying like this guy's out of touch. He's an old he's an old head. Get it was OK here. Boomer before OK Boomer. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, uh, uh, Shams, uh, talking about why Ben Simmons didn't get suspended. It was because he was, quote, calming Cat down with his I arms. I love that one. Calming him down with I his arms. That's probably my favorite. Calming him down with his arms. Amazing. And then something Cat said just the other day that I think might catch on. Pioneers of excellence. He called, He was t- talking about his own team. He yeah, was like, here's the quote. Here's the quote. Okay, good. Not only... Not only have we now changed to what the modern NBA is, we are excelling at it tremendously well and being pioneers of excellence with it. I think Amazing. one very Trumpian. We're excelling yeah, at it I tremendously someone, well. Yeah, someone, pioneers of excellence. Someone said it sounded like Trump is like yes. But it's also funny because, I mean, NPR just did a restructuring and it's like there's departments, but there's also what we have, it's called circles of excellence now. And so I just think it's kind of like nothing talk, you know. And so pioneers of excellence. It's brand new. We'll see if it has any shelf life. Yeah, but we'll I think see. we can go somewhere with pioneers of excellence. What a thing we'll, to come we'll out of We'll find something mouth. for it later on in the season. If we can get a quote, that's going to become a sound All right, drop. So what's your favorite? My, I'm going to go with pioneers of excellence. I think that's my favorite, actually. Pioneers of excellence is, is my current favorite meme of the season. Obviously, there will be more. But what, what do you, if you had to pick one right now what's your fave it's the funny face he made at layman last night yeah jake the jake that face yeah. blinking that's like, like blinking his eyes yeah that's yeah. like the alonzo morning gif yeah. like that that's just gonna it's be a great around. reaction yeah. gif. and those that's the kind of gift that has yeah. life for a long time all right time to get the sponsor today's sponsor is ticking off towns a brand new program designed to teach you how to piss off the nba's best big man Most players are notoriously surly. More than any other position, these hulking behemoths tend to take a nightly beating as they battle in the paint. Officials can miss calls, and over the course of a 48-minute game, tempers can rise. It's tough work. It's frustrating work. It's dirty work. Ticking Off Towns is here for you, the opponent of All-NBA Center, Carl Anthony Towns. This step-by-step program is broken into four sections. Teasing. Talk a little junk. Areas of ire such as, quote, being soft, yo mama, and Jimmy Butler should do the trick. Cheap shots. You'll learn all about the proper ways to step on toes, elbow ribs, and accidentally twist a nipple. Teammates. Towns thinks of himself as the leader of his team. He talks a big game about getting wins as a team and putting the greater good ahead of the individual. Give a hard foul to one of his teammates to bring Cat's blood to a boil. Incite retaliation. The ultimate goal of this program is to make the target attack you and be ejected from the game. If you reach this stage, you're truly ticking off towns. All this information and much, much more can be found in Ticking Off Towns. We guarantee that with this product, you'll be taming that kitty cat in no time. Thank you to Ticking Off Towns for supporting this episode of Wolf's Cast. Next up, time for Worried Not Worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You're not worried, are you? All right, it's time for the age-old question. Are you worried or not worried? Yep, it's that point in the season. We've got enough uh, games under our belt here where some trends, some 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 ideas are coming to mind, some some issues that might be worrisome. 
and uh, we're going to talk about him here. We got a couple things to get through, and uh, the first one. There's just so much stuff today to be anxious about. We want to yeah. we want to ease the burden on you to let you know what's worth being worried about and what's not worth you know staying up at night. And you just heard our sponsor, and that leads us to our first question. Scott, are you worried or not worried about Towns' disposition? Is he now kind of like a fighting guy in the league? Is he like a technical guy in the league? I don't know. Well, you've you've given the stats. Nine games, two techs, two flagrants, ejected, (laughs) suspended, and mixed it up with Rudy Gay. Right. I looked it up. uh, uh, um, There's a uh, Marcus Morris, whichever Morris plays for um, New York, has five technicals on the season. But other than him, uh, if you add technicals and flagrants, Joel Embiid and Towns are the second, right behind him with four. Well, it's, so, because, yeah. it's only because Draymond Green and Boogie Cousins are Haven't not played. Playing, yeah, so that's, that's probably the main reason. Um, Neil, I am slightly worried about slightly this. worried. Yep, just because uh, you know I think Towns. I'm more worried about the stupid fouls Towns makes than anything like this. You know, he still gets a couple dummy fouls, and that's more discouraging than anything. But the thing that I don't like about this is I think that Towns. As we know, he listens to the repu- he listens to the press. He yes. listens as much as he wants to say he's not here to sell newspapers. He cares a lot <laughs> about what people are saying about him, and he's getting praise now from Jalen Rose and other people. Who uh, you know? I, who else? I saw Richard was, Jefferson was uh, NBA with Jacoby. Did the whole uh, episode. Yeah, and yeah. everyone is encouraging this behavior. They're so happy to see that Towns is mean now. They're so happy he's a jerk. Yeah. They're so happy he looks angry instead of happy. And maybe, uh, you know, I've never played in the NBA, so maybe it is something an NBA player or an NBA leader has to have um, to, you know. Yeah. And if it keeps players from the league from treating him like he's soft, maybe it's a it's a benefit to the team. But personally, I think all this toxic masculinity bullshit is bad just for fans in general and our culture. We shouldn't be like, yeah, you got to be a man, Towns. That's what everyone's saying. Towns is a man now. He's being a real man. Yeah. And so this idea that toughness and fighting and being angry is what what is the definition of masculinity. I just think it's a really toxic notion that I think our culture is getting a little bit better at getting on, but the NBA culture clearly has not. So I'm just disappointed that there's this narrative that if you want to be a real man, you better get into fights. Yeah, I'm worried about it too. I think, uh, you know, it's something that I think you're right. The whole leader thing, I think, is kind of maybe, you know, ha- has something to do with this. I'm worried about it more in the sense of like, if you get enough texts and flagrants, you have to miss games like down the line, right? Like these points, they count as points and they add up and eventually you have to miss games. And to me, that's the worst thing here. That's That was my problem with the Embiid thing was that you got ejected from this game that you wanted to win and then you had to miss two games. Thankfully, your team played against the Wizards, one of the worst teams in the league, and you got to salvage one of those. But you're losing your team games games if you get enough of these things so that's what i'm worried about more than anything else uh so yeah i'll say worried as well all right neil well let's move on to our next thing to be worried about because we both agreed we should be worried okay about yes that. are you worried about our rookie he has played 11 nba games now are okay. you worried about Jarrett culver's offensive struggles uh, it's it's it is still a little bit early on this one but i'm gonna say worried the jump shooting has been uneven for Jarrett culver now, this is specifically about his overall offense, but we are we are worried about the shoot, or I am worried about the shooting specifically. I think uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Specifically, the shooting is the worst part now, but also he's missing rollers. He's missing uh, to me obvious passes. Not that I can make that pass, but just like, hey, you're an NBA point guard, make this pass uh, type of thing. So it's beyond even the shooting for me. His shooting numbers are are, are nuts. I mean, they're they're bad at, at all at all levels. Three points. Uh, 
at the rim and free throw. Free throw to me is the scariest thing, as we know from our Ricky Rubio days. Uh, free good three free free throw percentage are is, is a leading indicator um, sometimes as as a player who can actually be a good shooter. Although that was and, the opposite with Ricky. Ricky well, was great at the free throw line. Yeah, he was like an, well, else. what I'm saying is he was an 80 percent free throw shooter, and that is what led us to believe that he could be an average three point shooter. And I'm not sure what he's shooting this year with the Suns, but yeah, you know, Ricky's kind of maybe a bad example because he didn't really necessarily come around. But the idea is if you can shoot free throws, then you can probably shoot it from other places. It kind of like shows you kind of what your shot form is, all this stuff. And I'm really worried about the sort of the hitchiness of of Culver's shot. Three pointers, they're coming around. He, he made two the other night against uh, against the Spurs. Basically, he had a good offensive game against the Spurs the other night. So that game kind of uh, you know is the is the um, you know anomaly here as as far as what we're talking about. But uh, through eleven games, he's had a hard time finishing at the rim unless he's wide open. If he has any defender on him, he's going to probably rim that one out. Um, but hopefully, things will come around for him. But it is something to to look at, and I am worried. What about you? I'm not worried. He's a rookie. He's played 11 games. And I just think, especially because we're not in a position, we're trying to win games. So, you know, if he's playing bad, we pull him. It's not one of those things where we can just leave him out there to make all of his mistakes and learn. Yeah. It's just something where he's had, you know, a lot of pressure and he's already looking more comfortable. Every game, I feel like he looks more and more comfortable. So I, I'm not that worried. He's going to get it figured out. I mean, his jump shot, maybe that's a tiny bit worrying because it's clearly got a hitch in it. It's still something he's going to have to work on. But yeah. it's not like I think he'll never get there. He's not going to be a bust. Um, the only thing I find worrying about it is that we don't really have time for these rookies to develop uh, mm-hmm. because with this window with Cat has officially started, and yeah. we can't. We need these uh, rookies to contribute right away to make this uh, window with Cat work out. So we don't yeah. have time. We don't have three years to wait for Culver to get there. Yeah. And, and you're talking about Okogie. I mean, th- th- that's the thing too. Is it's like compounded by the fact that like kind of both of them can't shoot right now. <laughs> but even Okogie is more NBA ready. But yeah. I, I guess J- Jarrett's defense has given me a little bit of encouragement. But that's the only thing I'm worried about because. You know, it just seems it feels like if you're don't if you don't have it right away your rookie season, maybe you'll never get it. You know, you're not a John Morant, maybe you won't get it. But the truth is it just takes players some time. And and I know it's not ideal uh for him not to hit the ground running, but I just think it's such a small window. I'm more worried, Neil, about your tweets about Jarrett Culver are so pessimistic. I'm worried that people are gonna think I'm tweeting it. You've been such a Debbie Downer on uh, Mount Wiggins. We're in this together. Culver. We're, I get in, it. we're in this together. I'm the devil's advocate, too. When I see everyone saying go right, I like to take a left. But you're seeing all this praise for Culver and Wiggins, and you're like, I got to throw a little cold water on this. <laughs> but I see some tweets of you that you're making a Moles cast, and I'm almost like, well, I now, hope people don't think I tweeted that. Now you, the listener. No, now you, the listener, know best. You know, no. you know, you know what's going on. But um, you're right, and which is why I haven't, I haven't gone as far it. as saying this is what Neil thinks. I don't think that because yeah. you're right. You know, yeah. so. All right, uh, next one here. Free throw shooting. Scott, worried or not worried about the free throw, specifically the percentages? Obviously, the Wolves are way up there in the league as, as far as attempts go. They're getting to the line a lot. But what about the free throw percentages of some of our most important players? I'm not worried. If it continues on, maybe I'm worried. But uh, one, I think Towns will will go back up. And I think that the main thing is it's kind of been a team-wide malaise. As as Jim Pete likes to say, uh, you know, he likes to say that you know, people are always like, oh, shoot the next shot. It doesn't matter if you miss 10. You should shoot on 11th. And he says making shots makes everyone make more shots. And when yeah, everyone's bricking, contagious, it's, it's yeah. contagious. And 
I think that's going on a little bit, the contagiousness of missing free throws right now. But uh, I think that this is more a symptom. Here's my theory, is that we're playing at the number one pace in the NBA, and our guys aren't used to this. They practice their free throws when they're nice and cool in the gym. They don't practice sprinting up and down the the floor and then trying to take two free throws. Mm. So I think they're just not used to being tired and taking free throws, and that's hurting our numbers. The art of a beautiful game, the Steve Kerr chapter, talked about how Kerr had to get a special coach who would make him run up and down and up and down the court and then sit and then they would have a conversation for a couple minutes and then all of a sudden he'd be like Steve shoot and it taught Steve to be ready to come off the bench and stuff and so I think that the Wolves just need to get used to playing at this pace and then the free throws will start falling yeah I'm not worried either Towns 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 and Wiggins 74% Okogie 70% Culver 38% on the season so far um, Towns is going to go up. The rest of them maybe won't, but as long as Towns Culver's going to go up, he's not going to shoot thirty eight. Yeah, yeah. I think no, he's definitely not going to stay down below forty. But I don't, I don't see him as above sixty five this year. Is it a bummer if Wiggins, Okogie, and Culver's true talent is all around seventy yeah, percent? Yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Yeah, but but that's not a disaster either. That's not like Hacka. You know, you can't like send those guys a line on that. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Let's just do one more here, Scott. Piece of cake schedule. I brought it up. They have the second easiest schedule in the league so far. Oh, I didn't know. We've, is that well? One we played. I think Milwaukee we, and Sixers would would really spike that. We the other played way. like eight games against the worst conference. The East. The yeah. East is such a joke. Yeah, the East that we lost to the Memphis Grizzlies because we were not used to playing against the Western Conference. The East is such a well, joke. That's why now. we lost. I, didn't I know can't that. tell you how much. The East is just embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) We can destroy the East. And the West is tough. And we lost to the Nuggets. And we almost lost to the Terrible Warriors. And we lost to the Grizzlies because the West is tough. Okay, so but I think we need to define this a little more. Like worried or not worried about the piece of cake schedule. Because I feel like that we're going to fall apart against the much tougher schedule we have going forward. Uh, I mean, I think that that's, uh, yeah, I think, yes, that is going to happen. Like, the teams are, we're going to have to play Utah and Houston and, like, yeah, the Blazers and stuff. Like, Clippers. I I think, yes, there's going to be more losses coming, but I guess, uh, yeah, it's it's worrisome in the fact of, yeah, there's going to be more losses coming, but I think they'll kind of take it in stride, I hope, right? Like, it's going to be understood of, like, well, you're playing better teams here, right? So hopefully, uh, yeah, worried about the losses, but I don't think I'm not I'm not worried in the sense that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be all right. It's going to be like, uh, oh, yeah, these are way better teams like the perspective will be there. I think I hope, (laughs) you know, I feel I kind of felt that with Philly and with Milwaukee, like those are huge blowouts. And no one was like, oh, my gosh, sound sound the alarms. Right. Like people get it. Right. Yeah. But we lose a few games to the Suns and we'll see how we're all feeling. Right. Yeah. How good. Yeah. Looking frisky. That's right. There's the bottom of the the bottom of the West is not that bad at all. Right. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. We're in the West versus the East. We're in the West. (laughs) All right. That does it for worried, not worried. Let us know what you're worried or not worried about at uh, Twitter at Wolfscast. Check us out there. All right. Next up, weekly Wolfies. Let's give some awards. Now presenting your weekly Wolfies. All right, time to award some things, some people, some places, whatever it might be. Scott, start us off today with your 
prestigious Weekly Wolfie Award. All right, I want to give a shout out to some special mentions, honorable Ooh. mentions. Uh, Nas Reed tearing it up in Iowa, looking amazing. That's exciting. Uh, CJ Zero, I saw those cat uh, stuff last night when I was watching the game, and I watched it on delay. I was like, oh man, I need. I and I was like, wait, there's going to be gifts of that online. We got CJ Zero. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I wasn't even worried. I was like, we got, and that's nice. That's Nobody's nice too. when you see something fun happen. You're like, don't worry, I'm going to be able to I'll find see that online. waffle later. And Detroit had some live mics. I was really hearing what was happening, all the what the players were saying. Oh. And I just, I love that. So those are all honorable mentions. But this is a person I've given a, a Wolfie to before for this exact same reason, but he deserves it. Uh, John Krasinski had an amazing piece about Gorgie Jane on The Athletic. Uh, Gorgie's doing great things in Senegal. He's really changing Ooh, yeah. lives. He's changing the world. He's doing stuff. He's probably, I mean, he won an award for, you know, giving to the community. NBA Cares stuff. Community Award. Yeah. yeah. And Kat called it the best reward. Award you can award you can receive, which is a little of that BS teacher's pet kind of stuff, because you know Cat would rather win an MVP than that NBA cares one. But I just think it's an amazing thing what he's doing, and there, you know, all these NBA players are making massive amounts of money, and lots of them do good things. But I just don't think anyone is reaching the level that Gorgie's doing because what he's doing in Senegal is saving lives, and it's just amazing to see uh, the story of how that came to be, how it started, how he grew it, and where it's at now. So check out the John Krasinski piece on the Athletic and. Check Shouts to Gorgie, man. We love you. Keep doing it. And uh, what kind of Gorgie drop am I getting? This one. Okay, G. Okay, G. We love you. There you go. Lindsay Whalen knows it, too. All right. Uh, my Wolfie goes to... Shouts to Rebecca Brunson on the post game too. She's doing good. My weekly Wolfie goes to uh, Lucas Seehofer, who we've talked about a lot on the show before in the past. Um, he uh, he is on Twitter at uh, Sport. Kinematics, Kinematics, Sport Kinematics. Uh, it'll be uh, in the show notes for you to click on and link to Lucas's page. Uh, he is—he's uh, a doctor, and uh, he likes basketball, and he likes uh, tweeting about. He's a doctor of physical therapy, strength and conditioning, so he knows his stuff. And he also writes for Wolf Among Wolves, so uh, he's over there. And um, you know, anytime an injury happens league wide or with the Wolves or anything like that, he's in there filling us in on sort of like the the um, you know the the layperson terminology about what this means and how long someone might be out. So you gotta follow Lucas for all all the all the um, you know all your health and uh, body and uh, injury uh, sort of news as far as the league and as far as the Wolves goes. And he kind of taking a taking some time away probably to become a doctor. Or something like that, you know, like finish up my doctorate, step away from Twitter. But now he's back, so it's good to have him back. And it's uh, very good to have him back. Go he follow. breaks down yeah. injuries in a way yeah. that I don't see anyone else doing. So I and really then, appreciate it. And then our Canis Wolfie uh, this week for our favorite piece that went up on Canis Hoopus this week uh, goes to uh, Jake Painting, P A Y N T I N G, examining the Saunders system so far. Um, and this is just a great look at uh, you know what has been going on this season uh, with what the team t- team is doing on offense and on defense. Nice piece, lots of good um, video examples of kind of what he's talking about and what we've been seeing um, as far as how they're using Wiggins and Towns, as far as they're spacing out. It's a lot of the stuff we've talked about tonight as far as spacing out so there's opportunities to get into the paint and get shots. And then also on defense, talking about Towns' deeper drop and some of the things David Vanterpool has brought from Portland um, here to the team. So, yeah, a real good sort of like 10-game 10 10 game mark sort of like look at what the team has been doing so far this year. All of our blogging partners, too, you know, especially Canis. Like they, they've been there for a long time. Discovering the Timberwolves. 
Yeah, we haven't said that yet. Uh, everyone, check out Canis Hoopus. We, uh, they let us post yeah, our podcast yeah. there every week. Uh, Jake's We're great. He's uh, always writing good stuff. I have a piece, like I said, I'll be contributing to the 10 things that are fueling Wiggins season. Maybe I'll win our award next week. I was had an amazing time last week because by by scheduling factor they didn't get a piece up for the Golden State Warriors game so all the comments went into my Wolf's Cast Digest Ooh. piece I got over 550 comments Neil Huzzah. I feel like a champion even though most of them weren't commenting Ooh. on Digest I just feel so good I went and I recommended all those comments I wrecked in, them all 500 in theory, plus they read the post yeah they had to scroll through it at the very least <laughs> they had to scroll and so I was just so psyched about that thank you all I just feel like I've won the NBA championship you make me feel so good with your comments you did Scott comment away on our post this week y'all all right let's do a game and wrap it up match game let's go everyone we? knows the match game we're doing it uh well you see how no- well you know your partner in this case your co-host um what's going to happen is we're gonna have a bunch of questions about each other's kind of nba fandoms wolf fandom we're gonna see how well we know each other all yes right? yes all right so we got the right in the wrong buzzer ups neil the first question is your favorite current timberwolf who do you think my favorite current timberwolf i is? think your current favorite timberwolf and it, it's it's uh it's a theory it's a you know a theme of this show andrew wiggins oh. i love andy i love andy and i want it it's so close i want him to be my favorite but he's hurt me he's hurt me you know i just remember in the past you said you relate to him a lot you know what i mean as i, far as I like relate want, to him more than i relate to, to any other nba player yeah it's so that's kind of that's what i was going off of. but the thing is neil i hate myself so i you know i relate to him too much you might too um all right what do you got for me my favorite current wolf uh carl anthony down Who's also my first favorite? Okay, wolf, by yeah, way. yeah. Carl Anthony Towns. Love him. Love the right. big guy. All right, but Scott. I do love Andy. You were that was a great guest. Next one. Who is my favorite all time Timberwolf? All time. Uh, Neil, I'm gonna go with the greatest all time Timberwolf. That's Kevin Garnett. Just keep it simple. Just keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, not the all time greatest, but the all time favoritist. Yours is Ricky Rubio. Okay, okay, good. Correct. I was a little worried you go time. You know, I, you I go, love Garnett, KG. Then. He's yeah. legendary, and he kept kind of basketball alive in the post-Jordan years because yeah. it was like, who's the best player? And then I was just a kid who didn't pay too much attention in the league, so I was yeah. like, oh, KG's amazing. He's like yeah. a Jordan-esque guy. He's an RT. And he was for us. He yeah. was our Jordan. Yeah. But I didn't. I only watched like a dozen games a year, maybe. I wasn't watching NBA obsessively, whereas I watched every single game Ricky ever played with the Timberwolves, yeah. and I just love him, personality-wise, and just like, I love that dude. Makes so. sense to me. Totally. All right, Neil, favorite all-time Wolves jersey. I'm going to keep it in the KG theme and say it's the black uh, KG era jersey. Ooh, second favorite. I was I, I almost picked that one, the black trees. Uh, I went with the OG, the blue. The, Ooh, the, the interesting. Blue, I would have never thought. 1989. I, I think those are so ugly. <laughs> I, I like them. They're very bold. But the thing is, is I don't own a single jersey of it. Wow. Like, the only old one I have is like white, like the white one. The white's on the NBA store. They're selling them. I like those. Yeah, I want to go. Yeah. I'm shocked you don't have one. You have like 50 jerseys. You don't I have know. one. I want to get a well. salty smidge one of that or something. I got to do that. Yeah, no, a smidge <laughs> one. That'd be great. <laughs> That's we'll a great very often. Okay, uh, for you, I'm gonna guess the the same era you guessed familiar with the white, the white trees, white trees. Mm. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Which one's your favorite? Uh, Fritz? We've had a purple jersey Probably in Wolves history. Yeah, I should have thought about it harder. Purple jersey. Yeah, and you I, love I, I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna own every single one someday. And you love Prince. I love it. That's yeah. for me. That's for me. All right, next one, Scott. Favorite random wolf. Favorite random wolf. We've had a lot of interesting personalities, journeymen, travel in and out and through the team. I'm going to say that you pick Nikola Pekovic. Oh, that's such a good answer. I, I wish I thought of him. I wish I thought of him. 
but uh, who do you know, think I picked? I think you picked, and I was close to saying AK-47 because I know you love him. But instead, I'm gonna go Big Al Jefferson. You should have stuck with your gut. Oh no! <laughs> AK-47. Uh, I knew you. Animal. I knew you. I just thought you know. I knew you had love for Big yeah, Al, and yeah. that was a no, special time Al. for Timberwolves yeah. today. And I do stuff. love Al. He doesn't seem random enough. I guess. Oh, I mean, okay. I know he, random. He was kind of the he, building he, block cornerstone. You of the set this up, and you could have meant random as yeah. basically anybody. But I kind of thought of it as non-star. Sure, of course. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah well, but Pekovich was a star. Who was you? Who was you? My favorite non-wolf, Michael Beasley. Random wolf. Oh, Beasley. Super cool Beasley. I love that dude. I should have guessed that. The only man who got in trouble for committing the same crimes I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, favorite NBA podcast, uh, non-Wolves cast edition. Yep. Because uh, obviously we can't like Yeah, yeah. Pick Wolves cast. And um, Britton Brower's no longer. Defunct, yeah. I miss it. I'm going to guess yours is the aforementioned no dunks, no dunks. It's great. Life, lifetime Achievement Award, really. Oh, TBJ. Yeah, TBJ, yeah, starters. Yeah. There's still no podcast that makes me laugh out loud while I'm driving like that does. It yeah. just, they just crack me up. I love all the personalities. And honestly, if you've listened to the Wolf's cast for long enough, you know we model our show after yeah. doing fun segments, musical stuff. That. Very yeah. inspired by them. Yes. So, shouts to No Dunks. Now, that is not the answer for me. What's another podcast? What's another one? I went with the low post for you. Ooh. Sorry, Scott. <clears throat> low post. I do love Zach Lowe, especially when he has Kevin Arnott's on. Yeah. Um, but uh, mine is Dunked On, Dunked On uh, Basketball with uh, Nate Duncan. And I thought Daniel of it. Rue. I considered it. I definitely yeah. considered it. I listen to it every single day, so that's the one. All right. Um, next one, favorite non-Wolves team for this season, this season only. Who are you liking when you're not watching the Wolves? Scott, I'm going to guess that you stuck with the Ricky effect, and it's the Phoenix Suns. The upstart, close, close. upstart Suns. <laughs> that might be the case. Dario I, and, and uh, Ricky. Part of this is it's early season. I always struggle to watch NBA like you do, Neil. You're so good at watching all kinds of games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so far this season, I haven't actually watched much of the Suns. Okay. So that's part of it. For yeah, me. they're more of a league pass. They're not, they're not on the Nationals quite as much. Right. So I have to go with the teams I've been able to watch. All right. Who do you like then? Who's I've been watching a lot of Raptors games Ooh. this season. And I think it's so much fun to watch them. them. Pascal's been yeah. amazing. The, they were like my favorite last year, and they're still awesome this year. Great jerseys. Great court, yeah, fun team to root for. Yeah. yeah, Baca, Nick Nurse, they got it all. Super fun. Um, I had a little bit of trouble picking for you. My a favorite bit of team for this season. Yeah, it could be a number of them for me. I like you like stars. You, I like if there's a transcendent talent, you're a fan of that. True. And so I'm gonna go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh, I almost had them. Uh, I picked the the other best team in the East, the 76ers. Ah, sure, sure. I'm more. I'm into. Yes, I do like Star, but obviously, it's. I think the 76ers are just the most like interesting team with oh, how yeah. different they are, with how huge they are. Yeah. Um. They're they're the most like sort of like yeah experimental like whoa this has never been done before. They're and deep. They're they have so many different ways they could play. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, so I go with them that. despite the Joel Embiid. Uh, sure. I thought yeah. I thought that was important. Uh, All right. Then the most important question. We'll save it for last because it's most important. Excluding Crunch, of course. Of course. Who is your favorite non-Crunch NBA mascot? Non-Crunch. Well, who do you? Non-crunch. Who do I think is yours? I guess. I, yeah. I, I know what my guess is for you. Yeah. Well, who do you think? I'm gonna say it's Benny the Bull. Ooh, that's a classic. But no, I have again. I could have gone so many different ways with this one. Well, don't say yours because I think we might have the same one. We then. might have the same one. And I guessed one for you that was in my like top three. Yeah. But um, I guess Clutch from Houston. Oh, Clutch the Bear. Great guess. Clutch, great Clutch guess. The bear. It was, I wrote down two, 
and I moved cr- clutch down just because I think in the Me Too era, the whole dropping his pants in front of people is just a little played out. It's a little, it's a little creepy. Him running around, you yeah, know, yeah, without people's yeah, consent, yeah, yeah, showing yeah. his naked body everywhere. Right, yeah. So I went with Rumble the Bison. Uh, I almost guessed it. Uh, I almost guessed that one. Yep. And then uh, for me, I, I went with kind of a new entry that I've been watching recently and really enjoying uh, Coy- the Coyote. Oh, the coyote in, in San Antonio. There, yeah, he's got the eyeballs that fall. He's out. got the crazy eyeballs. Yeah, and I've, I went through a compilation of him like catching the bat. Like when they, they, oh, they, so they, have, they have a bat problem in, at the AT and T Center, and, so, and on multiple occasions he has to like go run and grab a net. Yeah, and he'll like get the bat and stuff. And man, yeah, his look is so crazy. Yeah, the jersey with no pants, and he's got the wild eyes. And yeah, I'm into the coyote these days. But yeah, Clutch is also great. I also like the bear from uh, Utah, the Utah Jazz bear. Uh, we're both, um, yeah. Big Rumble fans, um, yeah. Any of the classics are really good. The Gorilla, obviously, great. That's that's a really good one. Uh, so yeah, there's so many good ones in the, in the NBA. We did. Well, I think we tied two for two. Okay, but hey, Boom. we'll keep playing this again in the future. Yeah. This was good because we apparently don't know each other very well. Yeah, so there's some there's some tough ones in there. But yeah, we have some more questions we didn't get to. Yeah, so we'll, we'll do this again in the future. And if you guys want to, you, you know, it. answer these questions in the comments, please feel free. We'd yeah. love to have some comments below in the Canis piece, or reach out to us at Wolvescast on Twitter. We are on Instagram at Wolf's Cast Pod, doing fun stuff on both of those. So we would love it if you joined us and followed along. I posted some fun memes in our Instagram story today. Dang, all those memes are up in there. Yeah, check us out on Canis Hoopus and uh, all the places where you can find podcasts. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. Guest host Robert will be here with you uh, for that one uh, and Scott as well. So uh, coming back next week for another show. Until then, go Wolves. Wig, that list came out this summer. Top 100 players, and you wasn't on it. It was all the talk about Andrew Wiggins with all this talent. And I kept saying, and I was getting killed, Wig. Hey, watch, I see watch you Andrew looking Wiggins. Out. You know I got your back because it's, it's not that, Wig. I saw you every day. I saw you your rookie yeah. year play 82 games, and you and I talked yeah. about that and how proud you were to be able mm-hmm. to play 82 games as a rookie. And now to see you and that list come out, how did that affect your did, – did you just look at that list and kind of laugh, or did you look at that list and it just added more fuel to the fire? I feel like at first I kind of, like, laughed, you know, but <clears throat> as I kept seeing it more – I didn't even try to look at it, but I just kept seeing it more and more, so it just kind of lit a fire in my eyes, and, you know, it's always in the back of my mind, you know. So for the most part, it motivated me. You know, I'm happy it came out. Uh, I feel like it helped me get back on track.